0: Good morning to you all. Just a couple of minor adjustments here with the microphone. It's great to see you all. Great to see uh, uh, Chloe and John, newly engaged couple. John said that they're back. I think that's great. We'll put you straight on the roster, but they're only here for today. <laughs> it's a pity. Wanting to um, talk about a topic which is a huge one. There's no way I'm going to cover everything. Um, it's got 5,000 minefields on it, which I'll be dancing around. Um, there's a whole lot of hot topics. I realise um, my job is to be aware of all of the all of the hot topics around, and this one's got a 1, thousand of them, and um, lots of um, concerns. Um, churches fighting over some of the topics around. I want us to really um, have a look and see what the scriptures say. Um, Before we can um, take positions on a lot of things, we need to really understand very carefully uh, what God says and to understand his word and to understand it clearly. And so that's what we're going to do. Um, It's just um, part of our series in 1 Peter. And uh, so we'll have a look at it. So we're looking at honouring authorities so let's have a look at this passage, First um, Peter 2, 13 to 17. For some of you, this may be a passage you need to highlight in your scriptures. Maybe um, for some of you, it's something you need to maybe dim down a little bit, but we'll have a look at it. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as a supreme authority, or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to condemn those who do... What did I say? Oh, right. And to commend. And commend those who do right. Thank you for correcting me. Hopefully you don't spend the rest of the time correcting me. (laughs) Uh, For it is God's will that by doing good you will silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honour the King. Father, we pray that you would speak to us. Lord... um, we can all have thoughts and ideas and opinions, but Lord, we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus is our Lord, or at least he should be. He is given all authority in heaven and on earth. And Lord, may we um, rejoice in being servants of Jesus and may we honour his word and his truth in our hearts. We pray that you would teach us, for we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Are you a rebel or a robot? (laughs) In other words, when it... When it comes to rules and instructions and so on, are you one of those people who go, as soon as somebody tells you what to do, you are going to do the exact opposite. You are going to dig your heels in and you're going to do it your way and you will only do it um, and only uh, follow instructions if you're absolutely convinced um, that they're right and um, and maybe humble enough to admit that maybe you don't know. Or are you a robot? As soon as somebody says to do something, as soon as people around you say, hey, you've got to do this, you say, yes, sir, and, and you are a servant to every person's women desire. Now, obviously, we've all got a bit of both. And it does depend a bit on our circumstance. But... Um, Maybe a test is what you do when you get one of those Ikea bits of furniture, you know. What's the first thing you do? Me? I go, who needs instructions? Brump, and I'll go go for that thing. I'll certainly never read the warnings. You have a whole list of warnings. Make sure you don't um, sniff this stuff, eat it, chew it, you know, don't... Um, make sure you've checked all the electrical compliance stuff, or, you know, all those safety things. Um, certainly I would not do that. I might have a quick look at the other, but I'll go, I can figure this out myself. But then there's others. In fact, i had an experience of that recently where someone goes, okay, they've got the IKEA and there they are going through every point. And I'm going, this is amazing. I've never read those things. After that, I actually bought one of the things and I had to to actually go every point because I couldn't figure out how to put the thing together. Very humbling. So, um, in this passage, Peter addresses these both tendencies and he's got a little bit of correction for both tendencies. In fact... um, Both tendencies can lead us into sinful and wrong attitudes. And um, it's important to know, what does God say? Now, the the thing about this um, passage and this topic is it is absolutely huge. It is amazing how important it is to have a proper attitude to authority because there are so many things... um, people, um, institutions, it's to control our life. It is an absolutely huge thing. In fact, um, one of the most difficult things about being a pastor is how many people want to tell me what to do. And being one of the rebel sort, <laughs> okay, um, I'm constantly having to deal with my attitudes and stuff on this. Um, you would not believe, and Dave and I had thousands of emails about this, about all of the rules and regulations and so on. And sometimes we even obeyed them and then they changed them. In the disabled toilet, we, fought, we followed all the regulations and then someone I oh, no, this is too big and it's in the wrong place. We have to move it. It is incredible. And so we we live in lives where people are controlling our lives to a huge degree. And um, so we find the instructions in this exceedingly important and I think it's a very very important topic because something we're seeing in the west is as we're seeing the the western world really reject its Christian heritage and and um, going towards an atheistic uh, mentality what happens is as soon as you make God small you start to make government big and so we're seeing a great control of um, of government, um, intrusion into people's lives, and losses of losses of, um, of freedom, and um, a greater um, sort of habit of our politicians and our society and the individuals within it to think that the government has to control everything, and. Um, I think there is a tendency amongst Christians having been set free in a sense from, from the world to see that we've got a Christian duty to rebel. It's not true, we've got a Christian duty to um, respect and obey our authorities as much as possible. So let's have a look and see. This is standard one, I'm not going, I actually in my preparation I haven't actually included anything from Romans 13 because it says basically the same thing, but this one's a little bit shorter. So let's have a look and see um, the three points that Peter makes. The first point is this. As Christians, our obligation is to live under the authorities who are put over us. That is um, what Peter simply says. He says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake To every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as a supreme authority or to the governors or who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. Um, For the rebel amongst us or the rebel within us, (laughs) this doesn't sit well. But that's the clear and unanimous teaching of scripture is, is that as Christians, the expected response of a Christian to the authorities around us is to submit. Now, the idea of submission, um, not, not a popular word in some sense in, in our world, especially um, we'll look at the areas of family in a, in a while and that's a real minefield. Thanks, Peter. Um, the, the the implication of submission is that it assumes that there's some level of disagreement and unwillingness. Okay? So if we want to speak positively, we would say uh, respect. Show respect to authority. But often we respect authority and we're totally in agreement. There's no, there's no angst, there's no feeling that, hey, I don't want to do this. But when we come to respect, the, uh, to submission, the idea is, is it's addressing the thing that, hey, you might not want to do what this person is, what this authority is trying to say to you. There may be an unwillingness. There may be um, just you, you might think differently, you might believe differently. Um, and so when it comes to submission, there, it assumes but you may well not want to do it as your first emotional or or rational response. Now, the next um, point I want to, um, that Peter brings to us is why submit? Why is it that Christians are to submit? When we live in a world where we're told that the world is under Satan... He's the God of this world, and the authorities often which we have to submit to, are uh, called to submit to, are ungodly, often in, in opposition to God in their, in their nature and their actions. Why would, why would we be commanded to submit, to respect and obey them? Now, that is um, summed up by Peter in these few words, for the Lord's sake. For the Lord's sake. And so what he goes on and says is that these authorities have been sent by him. These authorities have been sent by him. Now, we need to understand that in the Big picture of Scripture. What we see, um, if we look at Scripture, in the first se- section of human history, in the first um, about fifteen hundred years, um, people lived under under their consciences. But um, after the flood and the disaster that happened there, God instituted to, through Noah the right of humans to make laws. And to command obedience. And God instituted the the right of humans to establish government structures, even with the power of, of the death penalty. And so that was instituted after the flood, through Noah, and that... Um, Stands. We see in the Tower of Babel what happened was God, in order to stop a one world government arising and the rise of total evil, he broke the world into nations and groups. But he instituted authority in order to stop the rise of evil, to be able to to restrain evil and also to punish evil. Wrongdoers, And so we live in that system until Jesus comes back again. And so what that means is um, in this present age, in this church age, as Christians, we will continue to live. Although Jesus is given all authority in heaven and on earth, we will continue to live until he returns under uh, human authorities where these guys are human, sinful and often misguided they certainly don't know everything and we are asked for the sake of God to submit as much as possible to them now um on this um and it's a really important point Peter doesn't bring it out fully he says they're there to punish evildoers and to commend good now, most authorities do that, even the worst authorities we 've seen in the world generally are trying to do that. they become despotic because they 're often dealing with a a rebellious people, and so people people who are who are rebellious tend to get the authority they deserve and so um, But Peter mentions that they 've got this, and the idea here and I say this a thousand times to myself, okay? Is that, Russ, you've got to see the good, not just the bad. It's very easy to only see the bits where you disagree with. So, look, I think... my wife would testify. I will say, these people are idiots. Now, I realise every time I say this, Jesus said, woe to you who says, uh, says uh, raki, or you fool, you're in danger of hellfire. And I go, yes, I remember that. Um, I remember that. Um, so, hey, it's easy to pick out the things we disagree with. And boy, has COVID thrown up a few things um, to complain about. A lot of the regulations, I go, what on earth are they doing? They've gone crazy. Some people think, yes, sir, thank you. Me, I'm going, you've got to be, what? (laughs) Um, So, hey, there's been a massive rise, a massive rise in that, but our challenge always is that we must see the good. When we see Government's doing it. We must realize, hey, these roads are here, these um, order, these structures are here because of our government. And if we can say that, we are probably living in the well, it's right up there in the be- one of the best places in the world, in the best times. And a lot of that has to do with government authority rules and regulations and if we can't see that um, it will um, it's, it's a lack of gratefulness to God for his provision of good to the authorities and through those authorities. So those authorities are put into place for our good and we need to be thankful and we need to as much as possible uh, submit to them. Now this is the thing, as i was looking at this passage, a, a, major, a major surprise to me. And I looked at all, I looked at, um, all the scriptures um, on the teaching. And I'm thinking, why no exceptions? You look at this passage, you're thinking, hey, where's the exceptions? Where's the explanation as to when I can rebel? <laughs> Did you guys notice any in the passage? Well, they are there and I'll have a look at them in, the third, in my third point. They are there, but um, they're expressed in a positive sense. But um, the surprising thing is the emphasis for us, especially the rebels amongst us, we would go, well, submit to the governments, except in all these circumstances, and we would expect the big teaching of the, the Apostle Peter to be on the exceptions. I submit to the government except when there's not a breath of that uh, in the the clear area. Now, we especially ask that when we say, well, Peter didn't always submit. He was told by the authorities to not preach the gospel. And he he spoke to him, says, whether it be right in the sight of men or in the sight of God to obey you, um, or, or God, you'd be the judge, but as for us, we, are, we, we will continue to preach the gospel. And we think, well, this would have been a good time to bring that out, Peter. <laughs> but he doesn't. Now, what is even more surprising is, is that he wrote these instructions, and Paul wrote his instructions in Romans 13, when the, the emperor was Nero. Now Nero is the is the most famous rogue of of, um, of the Roman Empire. Um, but the he just his name is synonymous with a bad ruler. And Peter doesn't go. Peter doesn't go. I submit to things, except for Nero. <laughs> He's saying submit to Nero. Now Nero um, became emperor or king of of the Roman Empire when he was 17 and um, for a while he was so young his mum mum, um, was uh, telling him and sort of guiding him. Um, After he got a bit older he got tired of mum telling him what to do so he killed her. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He... um, No, no, no. Yes, yep. Um, so, um, yeah. So Nero, Nero died in sixty-eight. This was probably written in sixty-two. Nero was um, was uh, emperor from fifty-four to sixty-eight, and um, so um, so Nero Nero was king here, and Paul is saying, "Be," and he doesn't seem to give any exceptions. Now, um, the answer to the exceptions is is implied in the third point. We'll have a look at that. But I'm going to look at a second point um, first. Um, just back a little bit. Um, the amazing thing also, the fact that Peter doesn't mention it, is Jesus had actually told Peter that he was going to be Killed. In fact, Chief, this is in John chapter twenty one, verses eighteen and nineteen. It says, I tell you the truth, when you were younger you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, Follow me. In other words, what Jesus said to Peter is, Peter, as a young bloke, you just did what you want. You were the rebel. But when at the the end of life you were going to be led and you are going to be killed by authorities, um, uh, in other words, you're going to follow me in death and give your life for God in obedience to God. And guess who the emperor was? Nero. Okay, so Peter says to us, (laughs) and writes a letter, say, be submissive. And so Peter um, submitted to to that and he took it as Christ's will for him. So that's the hard point. Let's have a look at the second point. Um, Live to prepare hearts for the gospel. We see in verse 15, verse 12, it says, Live such good lives among the pagans, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Now, this verse in, just before the passage is, is speaking about doing good acts. So that people would see that we are we are doing good things, and as a result, their their people's who are hard to the gospel would be softened as going, oh, these these Christians are good people. Well, I want to hear about their message. But the verse 15 goes on and says, For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant of foolish talk. Now the idea here that Peter is talking not so much of the positive acts of good, but he's speaking rather of doing good by not disregarding and disobeying the rules and regulations of authorities over us. That's what he's just said, submit to the authorities because they're sent by God and for it is God's will that by doing good, in other words, by being good, obedient citizens, obeying the authorities as much as possible, by doing good, you may silence people because um, what happens is that the world thinks uh, that Christians are weird. There is a natural antipathy of the world towards Christians, and they will be they are wanting to find things about us so that they can point a finger at us that 's the nature of the world. I had an interesting experience a few weeks ago with my family. Um, we had a party. A birthday party, and I thought I'd ask that very stupid question. Don't don't do it. I said, "How many of you guys have been vaccinated?" (laughs) And I go, "Boop." I said, "Oh yeah, I was just interested." Um, I said, "What about you, Rose?" I said. I no, haven't, I haven't been vac- vaccinated yet. I was offered the AstraZeneca one, and I read some stuff about that. And there was a few—one in a million, or one in so many—were dying. I, said, oh, I think I might wait for another one. Anyway, I was attacked, and I was attacked particularly by one who's got this. I know that there's this antipathy to me because I'm a, I, because I preach the gospel. And I know because she—I know that this person is upset one time because I intimated that maybe her parents might not might not be true Christians. I did it very respectfully, but I know she's carrying this thing, and she's just wanting to find something, and she just attacked me. Now, that's the way of the world, isn't it? Is that there is this natural hostility? To us, and they would like many of them to find fault, and so that's what Peter is saying in verse fifteen: uh, obey the authorities, because what happens is there is this antipathy. They are wanting to find fault; they're wanting to accuse. So, if you rebel against laws unnecessarily, you will harden people's heart, close them to the gospel, and possibly invoke. Um, persecution upon yourself as well and there has been many a Christian who's died not as a martyr but as a a token of the overzealous nature of some believers. Not every time obviously there's been many a person who has bowed the knee to the world when they should have stood for Christ. There's problems in both areas and so we see that um, we're called to To avoid unnecessary offence and to see that in the way we respond to law, it is a key part of how we share and witness for the gospel it is the way we soften hardened hearts and so the idea is is the first and foremost responsibility as christians is we must we don't just look to our own self and our own ease and our own um Comfort. We say, I will do this. I will submit to this law of his culture, these rules, not because I have to, but for Christ's sake, because I'm out to reach these people for the gospel. Now we see, um, and it will develop this a little bit in the third point from the Apostle Paul okay this is um so I usually have a bigger font here but I didn't want to use two slides it says Paul this was his attitudes. though I am free and belong to no man I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible to the Jews I became like a Jew to win the Jews to those under the law I became like one under the law though I myself am not under the law so as to win those under the law to those not having the law I became like one not having the law though I am not free from God's law, but under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I become weak; to the we- to win the weak, I become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this all for the sake of the gospel. And so, what happens is when it comes to um, our Our attitude to the law we say well law is good God's put it there and as I obey and as I'm a good citizen and as I don't offend people unnecessarily and submit where I can I sowing the seeds I'm reaching and so I have a gospel focus not a self-focus not a rebellious focus and so, it's absolutely key in this whole area of submission to for God, submission to authority. But we get a gospel focus. We are Christ's witnesses, and we are to we are to by all means, no matter what it takes, be prepared to go take the, to to reach people for Christ. And so, what Paul would do was, when he was amongst Jews, he would obey the Jewish law, even though he didn't have to. He would obey all of their rules and regulations, not just the laws which were given in the Old Testament, but he would obey all of their crazy traditions as well, so that he would not offend. (laughs) Yeah, a lot more than that, 613. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so so the, the Old Testament law, he would obey them in Jewish company so that he could reach the Jews. Not bound by them, so um, we see that, for instance, with Hudson Taylor, when um, for the early missionaries, when we start there, what they did is they wore, they they brought Western customs and so on, and so they went there, and the people go, these guys are wearing crazy things, and they're trying to push Western values and so on on them. So Hudson Taylor, what did he go? The Chinese wear sort of dresses and they have big long ponytails. And so what he says is that's the way they say to dress and to live in this. And so he did that. And he was he was a redheaded dude, you know, so, he, so he had all these guys with black ponytails, and they had down to the down to their backsides. And so he he grew his own ponytail. And he became a hugely successful missionary because he didn't unnecessarily offend their sensitivities. He embraced their way of dressing and abandoned the way that his his culture addressed for the sake of the gospel. He became all things to all all men so that he would reach some. Um, The final point. Um, live free from bondage. So after saying all that, what does Paul what does um, Paul Peter say? He said, live as free men. You know, he's just told us to submit to all of these government governing authorities, and then he follows it up. He says, Well, do it for the gospel as much as possible, but then he goes and says, live as free men. He said, well, you've just told us to obey all these rules. What are you talking about living as free men? Well, what he's saying is, guys, you have, you have been bought with a price. You, although these authorities you are called to submit to them, they are not your master's. You are not to bow down and worship and fear every other authority. You are to fear one authority, God. One authority is what we fear. We do not live in fear of Nero's. We do not live in fear of our parents. We do not live in fear of our bosses. We do not go and say, well, anything you you you." Speaking, I'll to say jumping. I'll say how high. We're not to live as slaves, but as free. But he then backs that up. He says, "Live as free men." But do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but live as servants. The word there is doulos, which is slaves. The word comes from the word bind. Um, Live as slaves or servants of God. And so what he's saying to us as Christians is this, God owns us. He created us and he has bought us by the precious blood of Christ. And so we are to see that we are slaves of Christ. And that's a good thing because he is one mighty good God. He has given his life for us. He has redeemed us and bought us back for himself and he owns us and he has purchased us. And so we, we obey him and where we obey people we don't we don't live in fear we don't live under control we have the freedom to say no but only under Christ and so this is where Paul brings it looks like he doesn't have his exceptions where Peter says he brings in the, the the freedom to rebel is that we live as a slave of Christ and as far as possible we submit and we don't cause offence, we break and soften people's hearts by our sacrifice in obeying often stupid rules. Often rules which cost us and bring us a lot of pain. And Dave and I have had lots of those. These stupid councils, we have to spend $50,000 on soak wells in clay and I've And how many times have I said that Dave? (laughs) But we go, well we will do it for the gospel and Dave says, come on Rush, you can do it (laughs) come on Rush, you can do it and there's a thousand areas. But we live not as slaves and, and not living in fear of men. If the government says for rebel Christ, and uh, we will say, you, I will obey where you're right. But in this case, I will stand and I will not bow. And that's what we do. And just to conclude, if you're free, you're free to rebel. For Christ's sake. But... If you choose to rebel, you must respect the authority of the person you rebel. And the great examples, I thought we could look in this, great examples of that were Daniel and Joseph. Great examples of of people living under bad rulership and they submit and they honour and show respect to the authorities even when they rebel. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, another great. Oh well, um, you say this king, we respect your authority but we're not going to do it, you can throw us in the furnace. So what we do is, in our rebellion, what we do is we rebel, we embrace with joy the privilege of suffering. Is that clear? So... If you want to rebel against a speed, fine. You say, look, that's a stupid one. 40 kilometres, there's no workers here. I'm going to go through that. But ding With this multinaver. Okay. Oh, well, I chose to rebel. I thought I was doing it for God. Here, here's your money. <laughs> Maybe you probably weren't doing it for God. But the point is this. If you rebel, you pay your respect you submit to government by paying the fine and that can mean and it did mean for peter death and so and they do it well remember the apostle peter and john when they were when they rebelled they they were whipped and beaten and they were commanded to stop and they didn't And they left rejoicing that they were considered worthy to suffer for Christ's sake. Response. Do you need to deal with a rebellious, ungrateful spirit? You're rebelling unneedlessly, arcing up, thinking you know better. Is that something in your spirit which which needs to be dealt with? It needs to be brought under submission to Christ. Um, Do you need to deal with people-pleasing, people-fearing? That you're not a captive, you're not free to make your decisions under Christ, but you're controlled and bowing and worried about what other people might think and say and so on. Two ends of the spectrum, both not good. Um, And do you need to see the world as your mission field, not your enemy? Do you need to see the government leaders, these crazy despots, over you as your mission field, as people that Christ wants you to reach? Or will you see uh, them as your enemies? Paul says, I become all things to all men, so that I may reach some. And that's the challenge that God puts.